Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Bottom Syndicate. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. Rock Bottom is about when we hit tough times, what we do with it. Everybody has rock bottoms. And when you have them, you tend to Often people tend to isolate and they don't talk about it and they think they're the only ones. But when you actually get out and ask for help and hashtag tell your story, you find out, geez, this happens to people. It's just part of life. Life happens. What what gets thrown at us and what can we do about it? In this episode, I'm talking to Sarah Curcio and she is Sarah with an H. Her website is sarahcurcio.com. And she, starting at age 17, Um, started to experience autoimmune conditions. And just everyone you can think of, they just kept piling up on her. And really, from my vantage point, it's all one disease. It starts in the gut and starts with with your environmental exposures, your genetic mix, and also, you know, what you're consuming for food, stress, sleep, all those things combined. And it just shows you how creative the body can be and and giving you clues and reaction to something that's not working. So Sarah in, uh, started out working with conventional medicine, and then she goes on to tell her story of how she discovered alternative um, therapies and, and treatments, and then became an expert on helping alternative people like me who uh, work primarily with lifestyle, nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset to help prevent disease um, and really work on the prevention end of things. So she has... She has hit so many rock bottoms in her life and dealt so much through that space that she's become an expert at helping people like us. So if you are in the alternative practitioner space, you'll want to uh, check Sarah out. She's also been on my Totally Well podcast, so make sure you catch that episode too. She talks a little bit more about her business there. But in this episode, she's going to tell you how she had to roll and roll and keep, keep trying and keep advocating for herself, which is what I want all of you to do, to ask for help and tell your story. And if you have a story, I'm here to listen. And that's what Rock Bottom Syndicate is all about. I want you in my group. And I am here to listen and to share the pain and also share the celebration on how you recover and find the silver lining. So thanks to Sarah for coming um, on to Rock Bottom today. And we will see you soon. Enjoy this episode. Sarah, it's so good to have you here on Rock Bottom Syndicate. Hi, Joyce. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And for my guest, this is Sarah Curcio. Do I say yes, that correct? And right. um, website is sarahcurcio.com. Sarah with an H. Yes. Thank yes. you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. And um, Sarah has been on um, my Totally Well podcast and is coming today to Rock Bottom Syndicate podcast because um, she has quite a, an interesting story, a health story, one of my favorite um, to talk about in Rock Bottom. Um, before we get started on that, I would love it if you would um, hold up your book because I know you just published sure. a book. Yes, that was part of um, a book collaboration with 20 other women. Yeah. And it is called Monetize Your Message. And um, my book chapter is in here. And my book chapter is called Visibility Impact for Alternative Health. So, and Sarah's specialty, if you, you know, I encourage you to go over to the Totally Well podcast is helping people like me who are alternative health practitioners. Um, and that's what you do now, but that's not where you started. And, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And one of the reasons why you're so good at doing what you're doing is that you have had personal experiences that you've struggled mm-hmm. through and come out the other side. Um, so if you would be willing, I would love to hear, you know, how this all got started for you. And, uh, yeah. No, definitely. Um, that actually is what the first part of my book chapter talks about. So I'll kind of give um, a recap from that, what I wrote. Um, let's see. I'm going to be 34 now. And I would say a lot of my major problems started when I was like 17. Okay. Um they weren't able to figure out what was going on. And it turned out the first, first two autoimmune diseases I had were thyroid diseases, but I had Hashimoto's and Graves disease at the same time. So I had a hyper hypo mode going at the same time. And one month I lost 25 pounds and I was eating everything. 
and I just kept losing the weight. And then the next month, literally the next month later, I would eat nothing and I gained all that weight back. So my system was just totally out of whack, my metabolic system. Um, and they did try some medications and unfortunately they weren't um, as effective on me and I got a lot of major side effects from them. So let me ask you a question. So sure. when you first started to get symptoms, mm-hmm. you went to your regular primary care doctor. Is that where you started? Actually, um, I started, um, well, my primary care doctor did refer me to an endocrinologist, but they were the ones who actually found that I had both simultaneously. But yeah, I went to my PCP to begin with, told them what symptoms I had, and they recommended seeing a specialist because now, I were had these, never experienced yeah, that before. Were these integrative practitioners or alternative practitioners? No, or your standard? that's the problem. I started with all medical because okay. I didn't start learning. I was 17 when all this started, and I didn't start learning about alternative health until I was about 20. So mm-hmm. I was going through all standard medical protocols, which I will be honest, I wish I knew about alternative treatments from the beginning of my journey, but that, that's why it goes with rock bottom. Nothing's ever that easy. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Well, you don't know what you don't know. Uh-huh. And that's what I really want to clarify for our listeners that, yes. that you just put your faith in what we're taught to do. It's not yes. our fault. It's not their fault. It's what they're taught, the, the doctors. Uh-huh. Um, but you found that just so I'm just getting clear. So you, you went for these treatments, but you found that you, at first they didn't know what was going on. And second, they started to treat you medically, but that wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. And, and like I said, it was three years later before I had found anything. So my trials and tribulations continued because I ended up having radioactive iodine treatment. Which so, I wish I did it now. Can but. you explain again for listeners? Now I'm going to sure. caution you because you're so in tune with all this that you're going to think everybody knows what you're talking. I know. About. I have to yeah. pause myself. Um, so, so basically, with thyroid diseases, mm-hmm. they recommend that you don't have iodine, and iodine is is just a common. Um, I believe mineral, if I'm remembering right, that's found in salt, Mm -hmm. but that can make your conditions worse, especially when you have the autoimmune thyroid conditions and not just the typical thyroid conditions, like just hyperthyroidism. Most people are aware of that. Mm -hmm. But when you have the autoimmune diseases, like the Graves disease, which is a severe form of the hyperthyroidism. And when you have Hashimoto's, which is a severe form of the hypo, Mm -hmm. then you have to really be careful. And unfortunately, there is limited medications for the Graves disease. So that led into the radioactive iodine. Now, what they did for me was I had to have an uptake test. And that you literally swallowed a pill that was radioactive iodine. And then they would, I'm trying to think back because it's, it's been almost 17 years. So I'm trying to like, I can picture myself doing everything, but (laughs) I forget exactly how they ended up measuring how much iodine my body absorbed during the uptake uptake test. Mm -hmm. But when they did that, they were able to figure out how many, how many um, millicuries, I believe it was to ablate the thyroid. So basically the radioactive iodine was going to go in and it was going to ablate all of my cells in my thyroid. So I still have a hollow shell, but I have no cells inside that's a function now. So now for me to have a quote unquote normally functioning thyroid, I do have to take hypothyroidism medication now because they ablated it out. So the Graves disease got under control after that. But then I had really bad problems with my Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. And that took a while to get under control. I even went through a few medications for that. And um, I had a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of side effects. It even sent me to the hospital a couple of times. Um, and it's just, it wasn't fun. 
And I have to be honest, it's something that I do regret doing. So are you on medication, thyroid medication for life now because of that? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, You know, and I feel like the radiation was one of the worst things I possibly could have done. And if I had been aware of a lot of alternative treatments years before, like back when I was 17, I would have opted not to do the radiation because Mm -hmm. I have learned so much on my journey that that's one regret. I definitely, definitely have. I will say that because um, the radiation really weakened my immune system and it just weakened my entire body. You know, I had hair coming out from it. um, had severe sweats, the fatigue, headaches, you name it. I had it from Mm -hmm. it. And because of that, I, I feel this is how I word it. The radiation kind of left the door open for other illnesses to trail in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what happened is after the thyroid, I was having um, a lot of problems GI-wise. Okay. So then they ended up testing me and found I had celiac disease. Okay. So then at 19, I believe I started a gluten-free diet. Um, and I also did dairy free too, because, um, if you have the dermatitis herpetomophorus, which is like the celiac of the skin, Mm -hmm. um, you get like really bad blisters and different things like that. And they itch like crazy. So they recommend if you have that too, to take dairy out. And once I took those two things out, my skin started to clear up too. Mm -hmm. And my gastrointestinal issues started to dissipate as well. Mm -hmm. And then simultaneously to finding that (laughs) they found a neurological autoimmune disease, something I never heard of in my life. Um, It wasn't the typical MS. It was something called MG, which stands for myasthenia gravis. Okay. And there's like multiple levels of it. Luckily, considering I have to have it, I had one of the milder versions of it. Mm -hmm. Um, In the first phase, it starts by affecting your eyelids. Okay. And what happens is the muscles go weak, they go limp. So there were periods that, you know, say you're watching something on TV and there's like a bright flashing light that would cause my eyelids to go limp. And I physically couldn't open them. Like I would sit there like this and I just had no control over them. Oh, wow. That's scary. Yeah. It is scary because you're like, you know, just blinking and opening your eyes is just something you do when it's like, when it first happened, I was like, what is going on? You know? Yeah. Um, and luckily for me, it didn't hit my lungs because it actually can hit your lungs too. Mm-hmm. Myasthenia gravis in severe cases and weaken the lung muscles mm-hmm. as well. So I was lucky it hit my eyes and it does hit my muscles, like in my limbs at times they'll get weak. Yeah. Um, but the problem with this part, getting diagnosed with this part was I didn't just have muscle weakness. Simultaneously, I had muscle pain. Mm. And the neurological doctors were like, oh, you can't have both at the same time. And I'm like, I do. I have pain and they're weak. I can't couldn't lift my arms sometimes and walking. I ended up in a wheelchair for a period of time because I just, I was completely out of it. And I'm like, I know what I feel. I have both. Why can't you have both? So with that in mind, I just, that's when I started doing my own research because you know, when you keep hearing from doctors, oh, you can't have this, or I don't know, or some doctors even looked at me and had said things like, oh, you're an enigma, or, you know, um, it's idiopathic. And I looked up idiopathic, it basically, in my opinion, means they just don't know, (laughs) you know, like, so I'm like, this, this doesn't suffice for me. I can't, function. I can't live my life like this. There's got to be something else out there that can figure out what else is going on with me and how to get back to normal again. Yeah. 
you know? So it took time for me to do my research to figure out what was causing the pain. Um, so I read a lot of books mm-hmm. and, you know, I reached out to different support groups for myasthenia gravis to ask other people, mm-hmm. were they experiencing a duality like that, muscle pain and muscle weakness? And some people were, and it turned out it was fibromyalgia mm-hmm. that they were getting diagnosed with, but a lot of either rheumatologists or alternative healthcare practitioners were diagnosing this more. Mm-hmm. So I ended up starting to go to um, a chiropractor and a naturopathic doctor. Mm-hmm. And I even tried um, acupuncturist, massage therapist, and even PT mm-hmm. because I wanted to see what would work best for me because everyone's different. Now, when you were doing this, were you paying out of pocket? Was your insurance covering it? For the alternative care, it was out of pocket for the most part, but my insurance did offer um, like a health flex spending account. Mm -hmm. So some things were covered, um, like acupuncture, we were able to do that. Um, The unfortunate thing with the massage therapist was the one that I had found was in an acupuncturist's office, but the insurance company for whatever reason says they'll only cover a massage therapist if they're in a chiropractor's office. Figure that one out. Yeah. So for me in that particular case, the person that I had found got comfortable with and confident when within wasn't in a chiropractor's office. So we went with what we could. Mm -hmm. Um, So with all that, with getting into the alternative realm, I started to be able to heal a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, And going to a naturopathic doctor, they also ended up discovering after I told them all my symptoms that I still had besides the muscle pain and muscle weakness, I was severely fatigued. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't matter if I slept five hours or if I slept 12 hours. I felt exactly the same. Wow. I just, the, it was literally chronic exhaustion. I, there were days that I just had no energy to even just get up and do normal things in a house, you know, get up, get dressed and, you know, go get a sandwich or just any former normalcy. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times I wanted to stay in the bed between the pain and the exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Um, So going through all of that, they ended up discovering that I also had chronic fatigue, immune dysfunction syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, naturopathic doctors don't do as many, you say, lab testing for it. They go by your symptoms more, which is good because then they help you get to the root causes. Mm-hmm. of it. So a lot of things that contribute to chronic fatigue syndrome is diet. And back then I was starting to learn from the readings I was doing as well. And I have tons of books on candida free lifestyles, mm-hmm. which is taking out yeast from your diet, sugars, vinegars, anything fermented basically. Mm-hmm. And when I started to do that, some of my energy started to come back, mm. you know, mm. and it did take a while granted to detox from everything. You know, it wasn't overnight. It was actually quite a few months because right. I had to go slowly because the symptoms that I would get from detox were headaches, yeah, sweats, muscle spasms. So it was not pleasurable going through the detox phase at all. And just being able to keep your faith and your belief that what you're doing is working where it's Uh not a straight line. That's quite a challenge. And, you know, not to, you know, really minimize that the difference between what's covered by insurance and what isn't. So you've got the financial stress and if insurance doesn't cover it, they're, they're, they're not giving a vote of confidence. So do you, mm-hmm. should you trust it? Shouldn't you trust it? I, I see all these things come up. So it takes a really driven person, somebody who's a very good advocate, no. especially at such a young age to really 
you know, because I was, I was doing this in all of my um, early twenties, a lot and of it. You're still, you still look like you're in your early twenties, but besides, oh, thank you. <laughs> but we didn't have the not the information, even though there's a ton of information out there now. It wasn't so plentiful then. No, it really get, wasn't. Yeah, so you must have been a very good researcher and uh, persistent. I was always at Barnes and Nobles looking in the health and wellness section, all different types of diets. Um, I mean, my my most of my library, two thirds of it is just health and wellness books, yeah. you know, and then like the last third is novels and stuff. But most of my library is health and wellness books um, yeah. because without having read those and then applying what I learned and going to other support groups, going to all the alternative healthcare practitioners, I wouldn't have gotten out of a wheelchair. Um, and to be honest with you, with between the thyroid, the hormonal problems I had and the chronic fatigue, some of the other symptoms that I had gotten was severe dry eye syndrome on top of the MJ. So when I would go outside, I was wearing like two or three pairs of sunglasses. Oh, wow. Just to go outside because the sun hurt so severely. Yeah. And that's why I was doing most of my research through books because for the longest time, I couldn't even go on a computer like I'm with, with you now, right now. The light from the computer was, was debilitating. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. It just the tears would start pouring out from the dry eye syndrome. And mm-hmm. um, it just, I, I couldn't even see. It was really bad. Um, so even that, my my diet helped out through nutrition because mm-hmm. um, I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, and I'm candida-free. And I'm also soy-free. Not that I'm allergic to soy, mm-hmm. but being off soy is also something that anyone with thyroid should really do because the soy protein can interfere with the medication Mm. that you take for the thyroid disease. So being off of soy is just another choice that I made, you know, I wish I could have tofu sometimes though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's Um, tough making these choices are not easy, especially when, especially so young people around you are probably, um, you know, in your your teens and early twenties, you just got people in college still, they're mm-hmm. partying, they're eating pizza and all the things yeah. that, yeah. So it's a lot of, uh, tough decisions. Yeah. That was part of the reason when I started to get better, I even created a celiac support group to meet other people who were yeah. going through the same things because like what you just said, it, it's so true. It was hard, you know, trying to do that and seeing other people just doing the typical things, ordering a pizza and ordering French fries and not having to worry about cross contamination and all and of this stuff. It's a bit easier now with, you know, restaurants yes. and it's a bit easier now. Yes. But going back five, 10 years, it, it was exactly. a very different place. Yeah. I mean, I remember my brother actually got diagnosed before even I did. And when he was diagnosed, my mother was making homemade bread because Mm -hmm. there weren't options to buy at the stores. I remember her doing it, coming up with all the recipes and everything. And thank God she was, she was an amazing baker. But I mean, that's how much we've progressed just like within the last 10 to 15 years that it is so much easier to go to stores now. But yeah, yeah, years ago, it wasn't, it wasn't as easy. I have to admit, um, and then let me see what else I have. Celiac disease, thyroid disease, the myasthenic gravis, fibromyalgia, the chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, what I can talk about is the other components of the chronic fatigue syndrome, because a lot of people think it is just fatigue, yeah. but it's really not. There's multiple components and you can either have all of them, some of them, every, everyone is different. Um, my brother and I both have it and we both have different components and some of them overlap. It's kind of funny. Um, but chronic fatigue does affect hormones. It, thyroid is part of it. Mm-hmm. Adrenal fatigue is part of it, which I did suffer from as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I went through multiple herbs that didn't work. And the simplest thing worked for me, taking vitamin B5, B6 and vitamin C. Mm-hmm. together 
have worked to help with my adrenal fatigue. And during stressful times, I also add in another herb um, called rhodiola. Mm -hmm. And it really does give me an energy boost because it's supposed to be an adaptogen. Mm -hmm. And it really does help me during stress. Like it's amazing giving me the energy. I kind of, I kind of feel like somebody gave me a quote unquote B12 shot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it has that component. Um, the fibromyalgia is another component. Um, a lot of people do get sick a lot too, like mm-hmm. secondary infections when you have chronic fatigue because your immune system's weak. So you can pick up a cold like that. Mm-hmm. You can pick up bronchitis like that or anything like that. Um, so in order to not pick up secondary infections, you have to keep your immune system boosted. Mm-hmm. So I take a lot of um, herbal supplements that are immune boosting or even what they refer to as immune modulators, mm-hmm. where it keeps where it keeps your body balanced. It's like keeps you in the middle. You're not suppressed. You're not boosted. It's trying to keep you stable. Right. right. Let me think. And some people, I don't have it, but some people do have Lyme disease with chronic fatigue um, or a lot of GI issues like parasites and stuff like that. And even the yeast component turned out to be part of the chronic fatigue syndrome. So it's like this big circle that encompasses chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. And then I, after all of that, which was enough, you would think. Yeah. <laughs> I went I went through a period of like two years from 24 to 26 where I started to do really well. I even got out of the wheelchair, the glasses were gone, and I even was able to get a part-time position working in nutritionist office. You know, I loved it. I was doing great. But then my genetics decided to play a role, and so did a car accident. Um, and I was back... When I was 26, Mm -hmm. my um, fiance and I got hit from behind, really bad car accident, glass everywhere. And I didn't get hurt, but when they say, you know, emotional stress or a physical trauma can trigger another autoimmune disease, it did. Mm -hmm. And then my family has a lot of rheumatology diseases in it. Mm -hmm. Um, My grandfather had rheumatoid arthritis. Um, my mom has scleroderma and lupus. Then I got lupus. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's when I got diagnosed with lupus. Um, and another thing that annoyed me in my situation with, you say, medical doctors versus naturopathic doctors was when my PCP did the test results for me. And they said, okay, you have elevated ANA antibodies, mm-hmm. which is um, the main test for lupus. They said, but you need to go to a rheumatologist, you know, because mm-hmm. they have more experience, obviously. It was a month I had to wait before mm-hmm. I got an appointment as a new patient, a month. And I I was in severe pain again mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, the fibromyalgia felt like it just triggered back again. I was having a hard time getting up in and out of a chair again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I ended up in a wheelchair for literally just three months. And I was like, how no, excuse <laughs> my language, but I was like, this is not happening again. Yeah. So I had all this knowledge and everything. I started a lot of herbs that um, would help with inflammation. I started um, amino acids, L-carnitine again, heavy doses of magnesium. I pumped myself up on all of this in order to get out of the wheelchair. And I got out within three months and I'm so proud of myself because it took so much longer the first time, but I was like, Nope, I'm going to be able to walk myself. I'm going to be able to function myself. No AIDS, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that just the first time I was like, it's not going to be this long. And I went and pushed myself. I had that, that drive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the naturopathic doctors, in my opinion, they get you in sooner. They spend more time with you. Mm-hmm. They really listen. You're not just another number. And that that's how I have felt. And that's part of the reason I decided to go to alternative care because it helped me get so much better, so much faster, yeah. you know, um, as opposed to the Western medicines. A lot of it sent me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. 
tons, tons more side effects and long wait times just to get the help and diagnoses that I needed. And then when I finally did get into the rheumatologist, um, they, I am on, I am on a very small amount of prescription pills Mm -hmm. because I do believe in the holistic approach. Mm -hmm. And most people seem to get confused with that word. So I'll explain it because I even just made some posts about that asking people, what's your interpretation of this? And very few people actually know the exact meaning. And holistic is a combination of both Western and Eastern medicine. Mm -hmm for the body, you know, and most people think it's more just natural stuff, but it's not. That's the one word that combines the two. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'll be honest. I'll say I'm, I'm probably 85% alternative, like 15% <laughs> the Western things that I do, but I do do some mm-hmm. and I'm not thrilled because a lot of the side effects, like, um, I'm on one of the mildest ones prescription wise that you could be for lupus. I'm on Plaquenil. Mm-hmm. But I do have to get my eyes checked once to twice a year to make sure I don't go blind mm-hmm. from the medication. So I try to keep that at a lower dose, you know, and do a lot more of the herbs for it because I, I'm not going blind <laughs> on top of it all. Um, and then I would say, let me think what other problem I had. Then then I got well after that when I was 26. But um these last couple of years, I've had some ups, ups and downs. I even had surgery mm-hmm. recently. Um, I had a lot of like female hormonal issues then. I had a lot of cysts, some endometriosis. So I had to have um, surgery for that. And my ovary even decided to take a hiatus mm-hmm. and float behind my uterus. And they said, this is a rare condition called floating ovary. Hmm which I've never heard of in my life. And my family has genetic problems with, you know, our female hormones, but nobody else's ovary in my family ever floated away. And I remember waking up from the anesthesia and my mom telling me, and I'm like, are you joking? Like I was so groggy. Like it didn't even make sense to me. But um, I mean, now I can look back and laugh. Thank God. But yeah. It, it is strange. Um, and I do, again, do a combination. I take progesterone from my gynecologist, but I use herbs for that too as well. I use like raspberry, yarrow, and maca. And all of that together really eases down my symptoms because I will get pain, you mm-hmm. know, in the uterine area and stuff like that. But the combination really does help, you know. And I have learned over the years, reducing stress helps, you know, making sure you stay calm in your life and making sure that you eat healthy and you are consistent with your, I don't like the term diets. I say like lifestyle choices that you're consistent with. Right. So I, I don't really cheat off of it because um, when I have tried some things that I thought, okay, well, this food might be okay or that food might be okay. I ended up getting sick from it. So I, I adhere to a very, very strict um, diet that I eat on a daily basis, you know, and a lot of people are like, well, if you can't eat wheat, what can you eat? And I, I start listing a lot of different <laughs> flowers and they're like, oh, I never heard of those. Yeah. What but strikes me, Sarah, is it, it, with all the different conditions you've had that are all related to autoimmune, it's, mm-hmm. it almost feels like it's labels for the different parts, but it's really one foundational root cause. Yes. And um, the blend between between what you um, don't eat because it causes this reaction, but also your need for these um, quantities of food of certain types in order yes. to nourish you right down to the cellular level. Mm-hmm. So um, seeing it as one, it's like, wow, your body was so creative in expressing it in all these different ways, but it comes Thank right you. down to those two things of de- being able to detoxify, yes. keep the toxins out, and nourishing yourself down at you know the mitochondrial level, down to your cellular level. Yes. Yes, exactly. And if I, you know, if you don't take care of your nutrition daily, you don't take, you know, your herbs, your vitamins and minerals on a daily basis, um, you know, exercise, 
keep stress levels down, practice meditation, like all these different components do help you to stay healthy and they are alternative and they do work. They really do. I, I'm testament to it. The fact that I'm just sitting here with normal glasses on, that I'm not sitting here in a wheelchair. And there was even a time I had to use a cane for a while when I was out of the wheelchair. Just the fact that I don't have to do any of that anymore tells me this stuff works, you know, that I, I'm, I'm living proof it works, yeah. you know. And I would definitely recommend anyone who's at a loss or doesn't know what to do to try something alternative because it's not just the supplements. Like I had mentioned, I, I even go to a chiropractor on a weekly basis mm-hmm. for my fibromyalgia and it helps me to function because I can do normal things, you know, do laundry, go grocery shopping. Then, you know, it really eases down my fibromyalgia pain. It eases down those trigger point pains. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it keeps me, keeps me going. So I do that on a weekly basis. I see my naturopathic doctor probably every like three months. Yes. I make sure I follow up with them and I do, I'm strict with my diet, like I said, and I, I did try something. I'll be honest last year that I thought would have been okay. It was at a, um, like gluten-free, allergen-free type expo. So I tried something that I thought would be okay. I reacted. I reacted very quickly. I got like a rash and I got tired and I'm actually still detoxing a little bit from it. Wow. So that's how sensitive I am. Like, even if I try something that is, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, if this some an ingredient that my body isn't used to after all these years of my consistent diet, it reacts. Yeah. And now you've got heightened immune system. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just want to, I do want to caution our listeners that, um, you know, following, um, your lead is, is we're all different. Every person is different. And, um, so Sarah's conditions are, you know, she's done a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of trial and error. And what she's taking isn't necessarily good. It may or may not be, but that's, you know, we're not prescribing or we're not recommending any one thing. Um, It's more the overall um, comprehensive approach you took, you know, digging in, getting more information, you know, that process. Exactly. I would recommend yourself. Yes. I would recommend everyone getting, you know, their own books, read articles online, make appointments with a chiropractor. If you're interested, make an appointment with a naturopathic physician, because I don't do all this stuff on my own. It was all the research and finding the right doctors. You know, I even to find the naturopathic doctors, I went on, um, I found a website. It's called the AANP. It's the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. And they'll give you a list of doctors per state you know so you know you still need the help of some kind of healthcare type professional whether you no matter which side you choose eastern and western i do follow up with my alternative care practitioners consistently but it was the research the reading the books reading the articles going to support groups that led me down this path so i would advise anyone to do their own research, see what's right for you and your conditions. Cause not everybody has the same autoimmune diseases. I mean, there's hundreds of autoimmune diseases out there, but for me with my fatigue and muscle pain in particular, this was the right path for me. And the only thing I regret is doing radiation. Well, <laughs> and the, the fact that you really different. listened to your body and trusted your gut and, you know, found a way to question and, yes. um, you know, switch paths or pivot when you needed to. I want to save a little time, Sarah, just to talk about Sure. Um, so in spite of all this, and this is what's so mind blowing to me in, in, how sick you were and how, how frustrating it was because you weren't getting the answers and they were, and nothing was helping you immediately. There was no quick, mm-hmm. re- you somehow had the energy and the wherewithal to start a business. <laughs> yes. And so I, I wanted to just share a little, have you share a little bit about that of, of how you took all this experience and parlayed it into helping people, which is phenomenal. I'm like, why would somebody who's been so Thank sick you. want to be such a giver? Because I feel I got the help I needed from the practitioners, the alternative healthcare practitioners that gave me my life back to function. Their help 
gave me that. So I felt like I wanted to give back in some way, help spread awareness, help educate people, because it's your choices that you make for your lifestyle that dictate your outcome. Mm -hmm. And I felt that more people should have the knowledge of alternative health care, because even in today's day and age, you know, more people, yes, are aware of it than they were, you say, even 20 years ago, but a lot of people still get confused. They're like, what's an MD? What's an ND? And that's why I wanted to start this business to help the alternative healthcare practitioners become more visible, you mm-hmm. know, and have their messages and their missions spread because the more that's out there, the more people they can help them. And that was like, you know, why alternative healthcare is a passion of mine. And, you know, that's why I have on a support group for almost a decade. And on top of it, like, like it just became part of my life. It like encompasses so many different areas, my, my own health, my social addings for my support group, my business. Like I just, I lose it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, did you have training in, in the marketing piece and messaging and all of that prior to, or was this all part of your schooling through this process? A lot of it um, was self-taught, um, especially when I first started my support group. I taught myself how to do a lot of the different marketing aspects. Um, I'm also currently like in a coaching program, so I'm learning a lot of the different skills from there yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and just... Um, I I do have like a background in um, administrative type stuff. So I'm familiar with all the techie stuff. Plus on top of it being a millennial does, (laughs) does help with all the techie marketing type stuff. So a lot of that's like kind of like, you know, the back of your hand type of a thing. It just came and, um, you know, certainly have an aptitude for it. And um, (laughs) thank you, you know, you're, you're just a lifelong learner. I can tell it's amazing that you were able to, have the stamina. I don't know. I know because I'm in a business and that you, you found a niche, you found, you know, helping the helpers, you found a a more, rather than just helping one person at a time, which you Mm -hmm. do, or you help your group in your group, but you saw, wow, if I help this level, I'm going to help even more people, which is so beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, especially even with everything going on right now, you know, um, the alternative healthcare practitioners are out there on the front line helping people, you know, with preventative care and different things like that. And they're, they're just amazing, you know, and that's part of the reason I wanted to help them because they, they take extra time. They, they're the ones who even started telemedicine, you know, and telemedicine helped me a lot when I was so sick, I wasn't always able to go into the offices. So alternative healthcare is very prominent with telemedicine and it makes it more convenient and more flexible. You know, they, they even have like evening hours and different things like that to accommodate people. Yeah. And that's another thing people should be aware of, you know, because most people think, okay, it's nine to five. That's it. You can't get a doctor. That's not necessarily true. That's you know, right. especially if you look into the alternative health care. It just, it's a totally different world. Really I work is. evenings. I work weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, some people call it not alternative, but competitive medicine. Which is <laughs> oh, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> well, as it's, it's part of the problem, which is, you know, why our standard medical system is really locked into a financial yes. model. And so yes. if your insurance doesn't cover my services, for example, which is coaching mm-hmm. people around mindset and health and wellness nutrition, yes, um, people have to dig into their pockets and who wants to give up, you know, there's limited funds. Who wants to give up, who wants to fund me or pay for me? Um, if there's, you know, they're, they've got to pay the doctors and the, you know, I'm a nurse, but I still can't get paid for what I do through insurance. I know, which, which is, which isn't good because I know there's like maybe 20 states now, approximately, um, for naturopathic doctors that are, can be licensed. And the only thing is with the licensing for that state is then the insurance will cover them. But the only thing insurance will, will do for them is they won't put them in network. They're always out of network. Uh, So, so they'll, you still have to hand out the money and they'll just reimburse you for maybe what, like 3% of it because they're out of network. So even when, when, 
alternative health care is covered, it's not covered well at all. It yeah. really isn't. You know, and not everybody it, has a health flex spending account. Yeah, which is still, it's, you know, mm-hmm. three tax dollars. But I, I think it also impacts people's sense of confidence in the different yeah. or different modalities because yes. if insurance doesn't vouch for it, if insurance isn't acknowledging it, then it must not be good. It must not yeah. be, um, you know, something I can count on. So that's another thing that we're, you're helping, I'm helping yes. to uh, dispel that myth. Yes, that mindset definitely needs to be changed. And that's another reason to help the helpers, as you say, it really is because that that mindset's just got to be broken. <laughs> well, I love that you said, you know, to, the impact word that you use. And then the other thing that you said is they gave me my life back. That's extremely yeah. powerful. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's true. It really is because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here where I am today and having you know, achieved everything I've done in my life. And I, you know, I'm really grateful for all of that because it's made a major difference. You know, I function normally. I have my own house. I'm, you know, have a fiance, stepkids. I have my business support group, family. And like, none of that would have even happened if it wasn't for for getting well and discovering alternative health care. You have some answers now. You have some things that you, some answers and uh, things Mm -hmm. that work. And I know you're always staying on the cutting edge, but. um, And you know, too, it's, it's peace of mind uh, because when things aren't diagnosed or you have a doctor's how you, Oh, you're an enigma. It's like, the stress that that causes and the anxiety that that causes, it's just like absurd. Yeah. And that's not what they're there for. They're supposed to help you and, and give you confidence in them. And that's what I found in the alternative world, as opposed to the traditional medicine doctors, yeah. you and know, a, lot, a large part of that is the the time and, you know, recognizing mm-hmm. that it does take time to really listen because we are the most important piece of the puzzle. We have the information. We're the ones that are feeling, you know, the things we're feeling, like your example of pain and, and, uh, and the muscle weakness simultaneously. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I have this symptom and I can't not have it. I'm having it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, I'm not making it up. I feel this. You might, you might not be able to see it, but I feel it. <laughs> and then yeah. the other piece of being feeling listened to, but I've been through this with my breast cancer, um, being told, um, when I react to, I don't agree with you. I think what you're telling me isn't the right way to go. And when you begin to disagree and then they push back and then you start to cry, because you're yeah. sick and you're scared and you cry, then they want to give you psych medicine and send you to a social worker. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can't tell you, like, when they couldn't figure it out, they even said to me, oh, well, maybe you need to speak to a psychiatrist. Maybe you're feeling depressed. And I remember, I remember them saying that before I got diagnosed with celiac disease. Yeah. And then the thyroid and even the thyroid, like, I ended up now that I think back, I even ended up, um, like I said, at a GI doctor, they weren't sure. And they, they discovered the, the thyroid disease kind of like all around the same time. It was so long ago. I can't remember all the exact order, but I remember thinking to myself, you know, the doctors, why, why didn't one say, Oh, well, maybe it could be this, or maybe it could be that. It's like, if they, if it's not just their one specialty with the illnesses that they learned, they don't think outside the box. Yeah, that's what they Whereas do. Yeah. alternative medicine is so far out of the box, you know, and they will think of, okay, it could possibly be this, this, this. They'll consider it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you go to a GI doctor, they're going to look for celiac, Crohn's, colitis, stuff like that. That's it. If you go to an endocrinologist, they're going to look for Hashimoto's and Graves and that's it, you know, and it, and. I could keep going like that, but you get my point. You go to a surgeon, they want to cut you. They want. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Amazing. Well, our our time is uh, is about up. And so is there anything else that you wanted to share before we, we wrap up? 
Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, if anybody does, you know, want to reach out to me or have any, you know, further questions about my experience, I'm more than happy to help. Or if they want to connect with me on social media, I'm always sharing stuff about alternative health. They definitely can. I mean, I'm, I'm on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. And, you know, like you said, my name's just Sarah with the H at the end and Curcio. So feel free, you know, people. And that'll all be in the show notes. We'll include that in the show notes. Um, so it's fine to reach out. The website has connections to all the social media platforms as well. Yes, definitely. Um, We have an active Facebook group, a support group as well. Yes, um, we do on Facebook as well. And my, my support groups actually run through, um, meetup specifically Mm -hmm. the main group. Um, but yes, I do do it a little bit virtually as well too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your sharing today, your experience and how you got uh, to to where you are and how you've really managed to take a series of rock bottoms in your life and not quit, not give up, but just see more like, uh, uh, look for ways to solve the problem rather than to just Mm -hmm. give up and, or blame someone. You've really turned it into a positive thing. And I so appreciate your being there for me and for people like me and, uh, and then the individuals who, you know, just may, maybe just need a, just a little bit of help getting started mm-hmm. and being brave enough to reach out to their first alternative care practitioner. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Joyce. It was a pleasure speaking with you and uh, sharing my message and my story. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. And also just a reminder that Sarah is also um, on Totally Well Podcast. So you'll get two different versions of what she does more about her business <laughs> there. But um, now you understand why she's so good at what she does. Thanks, Sarah. All right, take care. Hey, everyone. Joyce Strong back again just to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. I want to remind you that you can visit me at totalwellcoach.com, which links to all my social media and my offerings, my Inner Circle membership, which is a an entry-level way to get involved, get coaching, and get all my classes for one low monthly fee. And if you want more, work with me one-on-one with intensive nutrition and lifestyle so that you can opt out of chronic disease, then get in touch with me and we'll talk about how that happens. We spend a lot of time together. I want you to join the one-on-one coaching if you're really committed to making a lifestyle change and you want a guide and a support and a friend to walk with you in this journey. You're going to do the work. I'm going to support you. Um, You already have what you need inside you to make these changes. So do reach out to me at TotalWellCoach.com. I love it when you subscribe and share and comment on all my um, YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and all those places because it elevates my frequency and it gets more people to hear and see what I do. So please, please, please. I really, it means the world to me if you would help support me that way because you're helping support my entire network. I'm here for you if you need me. So thanks again for tuning into the podcast and reach out. Love to hear you. Love to get your comments. Love to get your DMs. Love to get your emails. Any way I can help, let me know. That's what I'm here to do. I love to serve. So thanks again. Bye.